Lord. Well, I hope you're coming to the harvest party today. It's going to be great. I, I, I know there's a coney dog in my future. I don't think Jesus would eat that. I do. <laughs> That's awesome. It's awesome. It's going to be great. I, I love the harvest party because it's just a fun time. Uh, it's great to, to visit with people and, and just, just, you know, I mean, church is great. I get it. But just to sit down and, and, and just talk and have fun and laugh and, and uh, we just really enjoy that. Me and PK are excited. Today is going to be a great day. Bring some friends. If they would, even if they, you know, they don't have to come to church, just bring them there. Let them just come and find out, you know, we're actually, we might be peculiar, but we're okay. It's all good. Speaking of peculiar, it's a segue into this. You know, there was a church that rang its bell every, every day at noon. Just was amazing. I mean, the town loved it. The rope broke, and the, because the bell tower was on the outside of the building, the windows, you know, were open kind of to the weather and stuff, but they, they couldn't get a lift right away to get in there to fix the tower. They couldn't reach it to fix the rope. And a gentleman who had a very large head and a, a forehead like steel said, I, I want to ring your, I, I want to ring the bell. And they said, I, you know, I don't know. And, and up to the bell tower, there's a shorter way as a spiral staircase. And he said, I'll show you. And he ran up the staircase, got some momentum. Boy, put his face right in the bell. Boom! Beautiful tone. They said, you're hired. Till we can get this bell rope fixed, you're hired. So the guy did a great job. Absolutely loved it. Everybody loved him. One day it was kind of rainy and he it was about noon and he ran up the spiral staircase, slipped, fell over the staircase to his demise. This is a sad story, and people said, wow, who is he? One person said, I don't know, but his face sure rings the bell. <laughs> let, me, let me pull this a little further. His family came, and his brother, who was pretty much an identical twin, he too had a large head. Never mind. And uh, he took the job over, and the same thing happened to him. And they said, who is he? They said, I don't know, but he's a dead ringer for his brother. Those are groaners, yes. Yes, yes, they are. Are you having a good day? It's going to be a great day today. Don't let the weather deter you. We're believing for great weather. Uh, and no matter what, we're going to have fun. It's going to be wonderful. We have promises of, of 14 dozen Buckeyes showing up. Uh, not meaning the football team, something really important like candy. <laughs> and um, uh, we have another uh, gentleman that makes peanut butter no-bake cookies, and Jesus will be eating those, I'm sure, if he was there, and he'll be there and with us, but they're going to show up, and there's several people making chili, and there's hot dogs. Everything's provided for you. You don't have to do anything. We wanted to bless you, and we're just glad that you could come, and we, we hope that you bring some friends or neighbors and just hang out and campfire, hayride, all that stuff, so it's going to be great. Are you ready? You're going to come for Audrey Mack in November? That's pretty huge, man. We ought to put that on our website, that little clip. That's pretty awesome. And it's going to be, I'm just telling you right now, I mean, we need to get seatbelts installed but, uh, on the seats, not just for her, but I think the way the church is going, we're just going to keep ramping up. But anyway, we wanna, we've been talking, we're in week four of Quit Holding Him Back. 
And today we're going to continue that series. And we talked about Psalm 78:41. Yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. And then I'm telling you, and I've, I've shared it, that I believe the Lord told me I've limited uh, him in my thinking. I've, I've just small thinking. I'm holding him back. Uh, and he's got bigger plans, not just for me, but for you as well as the church. God has more things for you to do and to do for the kingdom of God than what we could even ask or think. And sometimes we just we put ourselves in this frame thing and we put him in there with us. And we just, well, this is all he can do. But I believe that's what he's told me. I, I believe there's more that we should be experiencing than what we've experienced so far. I want you to believe with me for all of the seats filled plus the wings out. I want you to believe for multiple services. I want you to see people. I want you to see them filled. I don't know who they are. We have a prayer team that prays every Sunday morning and through the week, but they're praying on Sunday morning from 9 to 9.30, walking this building either inside, outside. I don't really care as, as long as the prayers are going up because they're believing. You know, if you don't believe what you pray, you're just wasting time, don't you think? But if you believe what you're praying and you're declaring the word, his word says it doesn't come back void. So if we start doing what he says, there is no limit. We can't hold him back any longer. I mean, we could, but I'm not. So if you're looking for a place where I just want to be the us four and no more, this is not your place. Because we're going to just grow and we're going to reach people for Jesus Christ. I believe it's true for everyone. None of us in here, myself included, I don't care who you see, watch, follow, nobody has ever reached the full potential God has for them. There's just so much. I don't think, I can't imagine God in heaven saying, Brett, stop it. Quit telling them to dream so big. I don't know if I can do it. I can't picture him saying that. I believe he's saying this. There is nothing I cannot do. You tell them to believe in me. There is nothing too big. If his, listen to me. The Bible says his train fills the temple. Not, not that train. You've been to a wedding and the bride walks down in the train and people make, they make great, you know, meticulous that it, it pulls and it's so cool and all of that. That's the train. The Bible says his train fills the temple. If his train fills the temple, what's the robe like? Do you think about that? That is huge, man. That is awesome. He has more in store for you and me than we could ever ask or think. And you cannot, you cannot outbelieve God. He is your biggest cheerleader. He wants you to succeed. I mean, we have parents in the building, grandparents in the building, aunts, uncles, in-laws, outlaws. Everybody's in here. Love our kids. Don't we love our kids? Love cheering our kids on. You've already heard the story. My, my kids, when they did sports... I was at every practice. I was at every game. To me, that was a big deal. And I know there's parents in here that feel the same. They're there. They sponsor their kids. They love their kids. I get all that. But, I mean, I would tell my little Mal, the, the one that's with child that's up here, singing. She's, she's like her mom. She's like five foot tall with shoes, heels, maybe. <laughs> but, you know, she, she's fast. I mean, she was fast. Sticks after father. 
But, you know, she would run track, and she was running, you know, 100-yard dashes and, and whatever all they run in track. And so, you know, I would tell her, and, and people would not look at her as being a serious threat. It's kind of our mindset have changed now because some of, some of the players in the NFL are just short little guys, and nobody can catch them. So, anyways, you know, she's, and they're tall, these tall girls and stuff, and they're going to run the 100-yard dash. I told you the story, so I'm going to try to condense it as quick as I can. Not really, but I will. I will try. So they were making fun of her. And I, you could hear them talking. I could hear them talking. And they were looking at her and smirking at her and blah, blah, blah. And I said, honey, you just put your feet in those little whatever those things are called. I don't know what they are, but the starting blocks. I said, you just look straight ahead. When that gun goes off, you just go. You just fly. And I wanted to say stuff like, So, I mean, they're, they're right beside her, and so here she is. They shot that gun. I was so in the moment. I had been down by the fence. I had left the bleachers, and I was looking at her. She's looking at me, and you know when you're kids and you, you connect, and we were looking at each other, and I'm like, you got this, baby. You got me. Daddy's right here. They hit that gun. I just took off with her. I don't even, I don't, rem, I, I just remember going down the sidelines, wailing my arms, and this is what I'm yelling, Holy Ghost! <laughs> but she smoked everybody. Those tall girls didn't know what to say except, you know, there was dust in their face. So I was just, but I, everybody looked at me and they're pointing at me. Now the, it was off mouth, they're looking at me. <laughs> All good. God's your biggest cheerleader. You're standing up to do something, and he's saying, come on, Holy Ghost, because that's who he is inside you. That's who's giving you the wisdom. That's who's giving you the answers. That's who's helping you. It doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside in the natural, but it matters what is happening in the spiritual. What are you declaring and believing in the spiritual? Because it's got to make its way from there to hear, I told our dream team today, God is spirit and he is truth. God is a spirit. And when God, he's moving in the spirit, it happens first there and then it manifests in the natural. Your job is to believe what he's done and faith will bring it from that world to this. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but sometimes, listen, you got to dance through the darkness. You got to sing through the fire. You got to praise when it doesn't make sense. I mean, everything's again, but you got to still say, you know what? You are my God. Sometimes you got to stare down the giant. He's in front of you. Look at the mountain. Worship in the lion's den. Have you ever done it? It's easy to be on top when everybody's for you and you're in a room and everybody likes it. But be in the room when it's like, okay, who's got the noose? you got to be ready to stand on God, stand with God. Sometimes you got to shout from the mountain. I'm here to tell you, sometimes you got to shout and praise from the valley. It's got to be louder sometimes down there. Trusting he's going to see you there. Trusting he's there. He's with you always. Never leaves you. Come on. He is in the room. If you're in the room, he's in the room. Sometimes you got to, I don't know the answer. You might not know the answer, but you know who has the answer. 
So you might not know, but if you ask the one that has the answer, you got to believe he's going to share the answer with you. Sometimes it's just good just to stop and worship. And have you ever worshipped in your car? I mean, to the point where people are looking at you. I mean, I, I, there's people that you know. You know. Now, I, I I like music. I like all kinds, most kinds of music. Probably to some extent, all kinds to some part. But I'm not really a big fan of. <laughs> And the whole car is like, I mean, it's like shaking, like, I can't hear myself think. But they're like, okay, but, you know, whatever. But I'll look, and, you know, some of them, they're they're just, man, they're jamming, they're jamming. And, and, uh, you know, so I thought, well, I can do that. It's not the same. But sometimes I'll start praising, and then I look over, and people are looking at me. Oh, well. (laughs) Sometimes you just got to be who God wants you to be. And sometimes you just got to praise him because they ain't walking what you're walking. And so you need to, I mean, he's with you, but man, you need to recognize who you walk with. You need to recognize who is carrying you and who is inside you. You have the raising power of the dead. Jesus' spirit is inside you you got to recognize that. You can't dream too big for God. But I will tell you, you can dream wrong. You can, you can dream completely selfish. You can have a Santa Claus dream. Ho, ho, ho. Just a want list. This is what I want. God, I want all of these things. We want the cliff notes to life. My mom and dad traveled all over the United States in a motor coach. And they had different sizes. When we, and we would go to Myrtle Beach, and, and we would drive there in our car 15 hours with your kids in a car. We'd ask for the supernatural peace of God to, to make them sleep, and they did. Mount, we got stuck in a traffic jam. I don't know what the road was, but we were stuck like for four hours, bumper-to-bumper traffic, and then, you know, as, a, as the driver, you're looking at the gas tank, like, help me, Jesus. Can some angels put some spit in there or something? I don't know. <laughs> but we got to where we were going, and, and the Lord just let Mouse sleep or, or Zach or whatever, whichever child it was, and they would just sleep. We were just like, thank you, God. But you've got to understand, he's so big. He's so good. We would go to Myrtle Beach, and I would see that that was so cool because, I don't know, people act different in different states. You think? Up north, down south. South, everything is, honey, do you want some sweet tea? I mean, and they want their tea so sweet that you put it over your pancakes and eat it. I mean, it's you know, everywhere you go, I'll get, what do you have to drink? We have sweet tea, and everything, like if I told people that are from the south, I said, hey, I want to, they'll say, I think they called it Coke. And I'm like, well, I like Coke, but I like Mountain Dew. It's Coke. No, it's not Coke. No, but see, it represented pop. And a cart that you go to the store with, did you get a buggy? No, I got a cart. (laughs) What, do you think I'm Amish? I don't know. (laughs) 
but they were very nice. Sometimes up north, they weren't as nice. I, I, I get that, but I would see mom and dad camp, and they would go into these campgrounds. And my mom doesn't know a stranger. Probably strangers wished she didn't know. She would just walk up. It doesn't matter what they're doing, what they're eating, where they're at. doesn't matter. She will just go up because she puts it in her mind. I got something I want to ask them. Kim and I were walking with her. We're just walking around the campground. Campground people are wonderful. I mean, they're very, they're all like, hey, how you doing? It's almost like walking down Mayberry, Andy Griffith or something. They're all, everybody, hi, how you doing? It's good to see you. Yeah. Mom, she just walked in. Hi, can we see your camper? And the ladies went, well, my kids are kind of liking the camper thing. Could they come in and see it? But the people were like, oh, sure, come on in. Can I get you something to drink? Want some sweet tea? And, and me and Kim are like, mom, mom, it's, it's okay. Mom would be, you know, she, it didn't matter. Anyway, the story goes like this. We, we thought, okay, we wanted, and then realized there's a lot of things that happened for that to happen. You, if you want something to pull, you have to have something to pull it with. That takes more gas, takes more money. And then you go to a place that sells campers, and the next thing you know, you're like everybody else. But this one has a thing that pulls out. And I think six miles a gallon's good. You know, there's all kinds of things. But, you know, they, they did whatever they did, and we just were like, okay, we want one of those. But you've got to understand if we pray and ask God in a Santa Claus way, what if God blessed you? you people, God, I want a castle. Do you have taxes for the castle? You going to have the money to heat the castle? You see, what I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to, for us to get, understand. I'm not saying be realistic, but I am saying understand that we walk this walk and God will help you get what you need and he'll bless you along the way. But if you think that this is just like name it and claim it and blab it and grab it, God hears everything I want. If I'm a believer, I just I never have any trouble. Tell me the book you're reading. Because it isn't the Bible. Man, I'm telling you, if you're going to follow Christ, the price is in the walk. Because you're going to have to stand up. You're going to have to shout in the valley. You're going to have to stand on the mountain. People will have to see you go through what they went through. But how you handle what you went through, what they went through, will make a difference. Because greater is he that's in you. And things will just happen. And, and there's things that don't even phase me now that really phased me back in the day. I believe the enemy can give you dreams. He can try to put things in there. Now, people ask me, well, how do you know what kind of dream it is? Every, if anything, no matter what you're doing, if it goes away from this, it's not God. Pretty simple. This is your plumb line. Everything must line up with this. Has to be the word of God. That's how you know. If it strays, don't worry about it. It's a detail somebody else can take care of. That's not anything I'm going to follow. God wants you to be the difference maker, not just a placeholder. He wants you to be the difference maker, not just a placeholder. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now in him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. Here's what we stop with. Most believers, when they read this, go, yes. And that's where they get their Santa Claus list. 
But the rest of it says, according to the power that works in us. What power? Where does it work? It works in you. Not just what you ask or think. According means this, in proportion to or to the degree of power that works in us. In proportion to or to the degree of power that works in us. If you don't have any power working on the inside of you, if you're not believing the word of God, if you're not saying any declarations, if you're not saying, you know what, God's going to supply all my need, you don't believe any of that. If you want the world system, you ain't going to have a lot of power flowing out of you. Sorry for saying ain't. Remember, God's will for your life doesn't happen automatically. This isn't just, well, it's just, you know, whatever happens, happens. It all happens for a reason. No, 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 no. There is accountability. There is responsibility. You have to put his, you have to put his word in effect in your life. You have to walk the way he's asking you to. You have to put your hand to it. Zero in heaven is zero here on earth. It, it's still the same there. He says he'll bless the work of your hands. If you don't work it, it won't work. Pursue the things of God. Don't quit. They will work. Be consistent. You need to know it's not going to happen without your consent or cooperation on either side of this. Following God, you must consent to it and cooperate. You want to follow the enemy? He can't do it without your consent or cooperation. Most of us, the problem is go with the world's philosophy. We shoot at nothing and we hit it all the time. A lot of us try to find out, well, like, what's in it for me? How much fun can I have with this? There's nothing wrong with having fun. You, I'm ornery. I, I was the class clown. I like having fun. Matter of fact, my wife has to calm me down most of the time. I am like the kite, and she is the string. Come on, boy. Because I am, I'm, you know, we'll go in some place, and she'll already grab my hand and pull me in and say, now listen. <laughs> How many have ever got the claw from under the table? You know, you guys look, some of you, I'm not raising my hand. <laughs> You're smart people, aren't you? <laughs> Honey, I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> You see, we can't stay self-centered. The world does not revolve around you or me or anybody. That's small thinking. That's holding him back. Luke 9.24, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake, my sake will save it. You see, life isn't about taking. It's about giving. And the world says, you know, well, you go to church and they're going to receive an offering and have people that get all bent out. Well, you shouldn't say take because people get offended. Okay. Receive, take. We get to give an offering. However you want to determine it, they'll view this as God is trying to get something from you. He's not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something to you. When you give him... What his word says, it gives him a legal channel to get things to you. That's how that works. The world operates differently from God's kingdom. Every man for himself, take care of numero uno. Second place is first place loser. 
Get all you can, can all you get, sit on the can. Just wanted to make sure you're awake. <laughs> Life isn't about all you and about all of that. <laughs> Let's harvest party, come on. <laughs> what we need to do is, is put God as first. He is our first relationship. Let God be number one. Come to the end of yourself and make God number one. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. Listen to this. Which is your reasonable service? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, that isn't just for the super saint, the clergy, or the big giant, the, you know, whatever. This is for everybody. Be a living sacrifice. It is our reasonable service. Presenting ourselves to him is our reasonable service. Verse 2 says, don't conform or do not be conformed. The Greek literally means to be poured into a mold. That's what that means. Poured into a mold. My grandson was over not long ago and he got a toy and it was Play-Doh and you put it in a mold and packed it in tight and pulled it out and it looked like Woody. And so, you know, we did that for a while. We made Woody all kinds of different colors. But the, the fact is, it was a mold. So that's what... There's, there's things that mold you. Things that happen in life that mold you. Some, some of you have been carrying around scars that have molded you. I'm not saying to take pain away. I'm not saying that you're not hurt. I'm not trying to belittle anything. I'm just saying... The enemy will keep you in a mold. Makes it hard to receive. Matthew 5.45, you may be sons of your father in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. Life happens to everybody. Makes you who you are and who you become. You get to choose your mold. I want to be like Jesus. You know, when I was a little boy, my dad took me hunting. Matter of fact, one time we went hunting with him and Uncle John. We went hunting rabbits, but it was in the winter. And uh, I had my Buffalo Bill BB gun, which I wouldn't kill a rabbit or anything. But I was at that point, I was learning gun safety. I was just a little guy. <laughs> and I remember walking, and my dad and Uncle John were walking, and I tried to take my feet and step in the footprints of my father when we walked out in the woods and out in the fields. And the point of saying all that is, I wanted to put my foot in his footstep. When we walk with God, do we do that? Do we want to, to say, God, I want to I be like you. I want to, we should be like Jesus. But see, we don't see ourselves that way. We, we see ourselves in a different mold. Well, God won't do that for me. Brad, he'll do it for you, but he won't do it for me. That's not Bible, friends. The Bible doesn't teach that. He has no respecter of persons. The truth is this. God can use you to do anything and greater than Jesus did if you're a believer. It says that he gave you, and we've already taught this, not a measure of faith. What did he give you? The measure of faith. That's real important. You're not lacking in the faith department. What we're lacking is in the mindset of receiving department. 
our mold. We have a, a certain way. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I've, I, I can't see myself this way. It stops us. Now, I, I help people get out of debt for free. That's, what, that's one of the things I do. Now, I'm using this example just to illustrate. Usually when we're doing that get out of freedom plan, that for them to get free, it doesn't cost anything. I'll ask them this question. What would you like to, what could you invest to help you get out of debt? You know, I don't know, because usually sometimes they'll have several credit cards or, or whatever and a car loan or three car loans and a mortgage and a second mortgage and all of that. And so they're kind of overwhelmed. They don't know how they got there, but they're there. Life brought them there and they made decisions to get there. So we're on the same page. So I'll ask him, could you let, let me just say, could you do one hundred dollars a month? And this has happened more than once. And they'll be like. There is no way, no way I can do $100 a month. No way. We don't have it. No way. Okay, how about $25 a week? I could do that. <laughs> now, my, my point of saying this is $25 a week, you just laugh because you know that's $100 a month. But they don't see it that way because they've been molded to see it. I can't afford anything. Are you with me? I've had people that are like, we have no extra money. We have none. Zero. Zip. And I, you know, here's your budget. They, I make them make me a budget. Here's your budget. <laughs> okay. And I'm just, you know, now see, if you let me help you, I'm not going to embarrass you. You're like, he's going to use me in a story. No, I'm not. <laughs> These are general. Okay. But this is just a general idea. <clears throat> and I'd look, and every day, sometimes twice, they went to a local coffee shop with a green lady on it. <laughs> and I said, I've got an idea. What's that? Make your own coffee at home. Because every time they bought coffee was $5. And they did it sometimes twice a day. But even if they did it once a day, 5 times 7 is 35. 35 times 2 is 70. 70 times 2 is 140 if you did it more than that look i just saved you over 150 dollars a month that you could do something else with. and they'll be like don't no i don't want to give up my coffee you don't have to give it up lord jesus you can buy it make it at home even get yourself a cup splurge so that you think it's you went through the drive through i don't know cut your cable oh <gasps> That could be 140 plus a month. And you, there'll be like 500 channels. How many have ever had that many channels and you still don't have anything to watch? Anyway, just here to help. We want to be molded. You know, I'm not saying it's wrong to have cable or to, to, to have a coffee out. I'm just saying, let's, God, what do you want me to do? Sometimes you have to tighten the rope a little bit to get someplace... Because if you're going to keep doing what you do, you can't expect anything different. Now, I'm not just talking about debt. I'm, I'm past that now. I'm talking about just in life. If you're doing the same thing, nothing different will happen. You have to ask God for God. In him we live, we move, and have our being. Holy Spirit, you dwell inside of me. How can I do this different? Show me something. And he'll show you something. And just that little something can change the mold of your life. 
I want what God has. Most of us want changes. We just don't want to do anything to get them. We complain about how bad things are. Instead of saying, what could I do to be the solution? I got a staff job in Dayton before I was ever a senior pastor. And this is, you know how I got the job? It's kind of goofy. But I walked up for my interview, walked up to the church, first time to the church. Well, actually, we drove by it so we knew where it was because I didn't want to be late, you know. Walked up, and there was a piece of paper wadded up by the front door. I picked it up, threw it away. I got the job because I am the only person that they interviewed that picked up the paper. Now, I hope I had more qualities than that. <laughs> You're good. We're going to use you in janitorial service. But, uh, but that was one of the big things. Now, my, my mind is, this is what I want to tell you. Because rather than go, you know, somebody shouldn't have thrown that there. I was just like, this is God's house. I'm just picking it up because I'm going to walk in. I guess I'll throw it away. There's got to be a trash can secretary's office or something. So that was my mindset. Are you thinking like God used me as a solution? There's enough noise in the world that complain. What if we had people that were positive? My wife is an amazing. When I say that, I, I, she's amazing. Um. We can go in the drive-thru. Have you ever been in a drive-thru that you can't really drive through because ain't nobody moving? <laughs> it's like going to the BMB thinking, thinking the line's moving, but it ain't. <laughs> and you just want, could you step up? Because I just want the illusion that I moved about six inches. Could you, you know? But we'll go in there and I'm like, oh. And I'm just being me. I am not waiting here all day for a sandwich. We'll just get out of line. And this is what Kim will say. It's going to go quick. Look at Maddie. She's like, yep. They're going, everything's going to move. Matter of fact, it's going to start moving real quick from now on. Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, for helping those people fix whatever's wrong. It's going to go quick. And I would love to say that I would be right sometime. Most, most nine out of nine, you know, I mean, all of a sudden the line starts moving. She just looks over. She doesn't go, see. But I look over her like, mm-hmm. Sure, of course. What I'm telling you is there's something to the force of God inside you. Being who God wants you to be. Saying what God wants you to say. Believing what he has put there for you to believe. Acting on that belief. Pulling things from one place to the other where they're supposed to go. I have people all through my life have said, how does God do that for you? It's God. Because I have learned, and I'm not saying I'm perfect because I certainly am not, but how to pull it from one and get it to the other. And it shows up because he's God. And his word is never wrong. Matthew 14, 22, it says, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Now, it's normally about a two-hour trip to cross the Sea of Galilee. Lord, wherever you're going, whoever needs help, you help them in Jesus' name. So now it's six hours later. So the fourth watch of the night, it's between 3 and 6 a.m. It could have been 9 or 12 hours. because We don't exactly know the exact hour when that happened. But they're only halfway on a three-hour tour or whatever. 
and so they're going against the wind, and they wanted to quit. So it, to their credit, they just kept going because the Bible says immediately he made them get in the boat and said, we're going to the other side. And, you know, they could have turned around. They could have put up the, the sail. Think about it. And it would have been going the direction they, the wind, they could have went right back to the way they came and said, you know, storm, can't do it. Jesus wasn't there to stop them, but they didn't quit. They just kept because at his word, he said, let's, let's go to the other side. So then here he comes. He's walking on the water. Now, is that not amazing? I, I've never seen anybody walk on the water, but I tell you what, you and I, we have that same. Now, don't go out and try it. But you could do it if it had to be and God told you to do it. You could do it. I, I believe that. You can say, you are a nut. Well, okay. But if, if that's what was necessary to happen, God could do that. He can do anything. Now, the waves are crashing in. The boat's filling up with water. They thought they're going to sink. Jesus comes walking out on the water. They, they get scared. They see him. They've not seen it before. That would kind of be freaky. They yell out. And this is what he says. Be of good cheer. Peter says, all right, if that's you, tell me to come. Jesus says, knock yourself out. That's PB paraphrased. So he says, come on. So Peter gets out of the boat. Now, we've talked about this many different ways. There, there are 11 other guys in the boat. They're probably thinking, Peter's an idiot. He's going to drown. And if he makes it, they're going to wish they would have gotten out. Or there's going to be people in the boat. I was going to get out, but I knew I needed to help stabilize the boat, and I knew Peter was going to make it. I mean, there's all kinds of things that could have been happening. But I want you to think about it. The boat is, thinking, is sinking, and to them, it's still security. It's not going to make it back to shore in time before it sinks. Their feet still on the bottom of the boat touching something solid but now water is coming up if they get out of the boat the only difference is there's no bottom of the boat to touch but it's going down that's what happens my point is the boat's not going to make it people stay in herds they stay together because they, they need somebody to take the lead. They're afraid to go against the grain. Now, I worked at Cedar Point two summers. And we could line and get busy. You know, more people come during the day. Sometimes early, it's not as busy. We'd have to open another queue line. A queue line is just simply the line that you go through to get to the ride. And people would stay in the one line. We'd open the other one. And nobody would get in it. They'd all stay in the same line. I would have to grab somebody's hand. Come with me. Come on. Good boy. Good boy. And walk them through. And the people go, huh, the line's open. Have you ever sat at a grocery, even the Dollar Tree? Somebody goes to the other register. People stand in line and look at each other until the cashier goes, I can help the next person. Most people are just going to stand there. But there are those that are like getting a good teaching that'd be like, that's me. Then there's going to be people, I was before you. Yeah, but you stayed back there, Moses.
The world is dying. The earth ship is sinking. Jesus is coming back. Don't stay on the ship that's going down. We got to, God, show me what you need. What can I do? I want to be everything you want me to be. There's people that are miserable today. They're becoming so hard-hearted. They're walking wounded. They're, they're lashing out. They've been through so much, this and that. They've been molded by the enemy. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run the endurance of the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's what you have to look at. Jesus the author and finisher of your faith. Because if you don't, other things will try to mold you. The world puts importance on money and status and stuff, promoting no integrity with it. You can get to the top no matter who you step on along the way. We know in the world system, they operate. Everything is about money. And in the kingdom, while we're on this earth, there's money that's needed to help people and to push the well push is the wrong word to expand the kingdom to do the things take territory for the kingdom we are stewards of what he gives us and money is just a tool to get done what is called for us to do and jesus will lead the way away from the crowd you know as a eagle scout from boy scouts and a royal ranger commander from assemblies of god years ago they had a uh, uh, silver compass. Do you know what that is? It is a compass that's on a flat, clear base, and the compass spins on the top of it, and it has a direction of travel arrow that's just right on the base. And what you do is if you have the degrees, I, I need you to go 93 degrees southwest. You, you set it on 93 degrees southwest, and there's a north arrow in there. You line that arrow up with north, and the, the direction of travel arrow then will point whatever that degree is, whatever you're saying. And the point is, if you are working the compass and it said, like I would put kids on a, a course and I would hide something for them and I would give them, they'd have to do the compass to find it. And so it'd say 14 steps, 93 degrees southwest. You know, I'd have a start. And so they'd have to one, two. So it's kind of like if you're a kid growing up with a pirate map. It's kind of what it would remind you of. Like, okay, I've got to go. And once I got here, there was another Thing for they had to adjust from there. Where do I go next? The focus is the way we travel. You must travel God's way. That's your focus. It's almost like I feel like I'm Mr. Miyagi. Danielson, focus. Oh, look, I. Oh, look, I. You must focus. Focus on Jesus. Focus, Lord. What do you want me to do today? Who do you want me to talk to today? If you will understand that God has something more for you and you'll put your hand to it, you will experience more because he will trust you. Let me just say this. Everybody wants to walk on water, but you can't walk on water if you stay in the boat. It just doesn't happen. You've to I've told you all kinds of stories from my life where he's told me you need to pray for this woman. She's blind. She's on this side of the room. And I would just fought it the whole time. And then finally I did it. You know, if I wouldn't have done it. Now, again, this isn't, I'm not all that in a bag of chips. I'm just giving you the story. But if I wouldn't have done it, that healing wouldn't have happened in that service. At least not by me. I mean, God healed her, but he used me to do it. 
but I had to get out on the limb. Can I say that out on the limb is where the fruit is? You can't find the fruit. You can be a tree hugger all you want. But there's no, there no fruit on the, on the trunk. The fruit's out on the limb. You got to trust him. You got to walk out of the boat. Quit holding him back. There's so many different things in the world that, you know, communism, socialism, Marxism, what, they, they want everybody on the same plane, same level. I don't think that's right. Let me explain, and then I'm almost finished. Because they don't want anybody to succeed. They don't want anybody to stand out. You can't excel at anything. You have to stay with the herd. Nobody can think anything outside of the box. There's no such thing as individual freedoms. That isn't what Jesus taught. He taught sacrifice and giving, but it was voluntary. And it was about the heart. Quit holding him back. Now, there's things that happen, I understand. I, I understand people's feelings, so I don't want to be misquoted on this, but there, there are things that happen where everybody plays a sport, your kids play a sport, nobody keeps score because everybody's winners. I get it. I think everybody is a winner because they are a person and God created them. Yes, they are a winner. But I'm just telling you, as a ref of some of those, those kids are keeping score. And let me just go further. So were the parents. Everybody was keeping score. Because life is, you know, there are times your kid needs to know what it means to not be number one. If they lost and somebody did well, then praise them for doing well. Praise them for being a good sport. Because life comes at you. Sound like an insurance commercial. I'm not trying to. But again, I want to be molded by God. The only limits God puts in your life are the ones you put, you place upon him. You won't believe him. Sometimes I've found myself, I, I fall short. My kids believed him more than me. I, I, I love my kids. I wrestled with my boys and if my girls, if, you know, we told stories, told them stories every day. I remember wrestling with Zach and Sam and Sam, no fear. That boy would jump off a couch on me, kind of like Matt. He just, uh, I mean, I, if I didn't know he was coming, I better look out because he'd knock every bit of air out of my body because I wasn't expecting it. Well, Zach and I were wrestling, and somehow, um, and he had, his arm had broke before. And so it was weak from what I guess I understand. But, we, you know, he ran in and ran into me and then fell on the ground and, and he got up and his arm just looped. And uh, he goes, Dad! And, uh, you know, and I, I looked at him. I'm like, oh, are you okay? And, and the next thing out of his mouth was, pray for it. Pray for it. I would have loved to have seen a miracle right then. I prayed for it. But it stayed looped. When I'm done with this series, we're going to tackle those kind of questions. We're going to go into healing, and we're going to find out 
Lord, how do I get from here to here? From the time I say amen to the time it shows up. What do I do in the meantime? And they took him and they set his arm and everything was, was okay. But what I'm saying is his faith was in me. And he'd seen me do things at church that only in his mind and in, we knew that God had to do it. He'd seen things happen. But when it was facing me right then, I was flooded with the giant. Because now it's right in front of me. Are you listening today? Sometimes you got to talk to the giant. You got to speak to the mountain. You got to understand that perfect love casts out fear. You, you got to know that God in you is good enough and big enough and better. He can do that. But you see, I didn't believe it because I doubted. If I could change it, I would. There's always more of God. Complacency is an, is an enemy to stop holding God back. We just stay. I just want to stay like this forever. I never want more of God. Let's just keep it this way. There's always more to tap into. Now, being content is way different than being complacent. I can be content and still see God move and want more and still get more and still be content because I'm walking with God. Let me, let me make it real simple. Uh, Kim and I go out. She go, oh, you, you don't want to. I don't know. Honey, you don't want to go. You, you probably want to go and do something else. And, and this would be my answer. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to be mushy. I'm just trying to give you examples from my life, okay? <laughs> so I'll say this to her, and she can verify it. I'll say, honey, it, it doesn't matter. She goes, yeah, but you wanted I said, I'm with you. And then she just looks at me and said, so... There's no other person I'd rather be with, so I'm with you today. So no matter what we're doing, we're doing it together. You see, content. Could I have picked something else to do? Well, sure. But she wouldn't have wanted to walk in the woods. And if I had to pick between the woods and her, she's a lot better looking than a tree. She's amazing. You see, I want to be satisfied with God, but open to more. I want to say, God, then, I want, yes, satisfy me, but, but there's got to be more. What else do you want me to do? Who else can I pray for? What can I do that you want me to do? Never say just finish. Never quit dreaming. Never be done trying. Never have done it all. Never have seen it all. Never have been there, done that. I mean, I get it. I've been there, done that, but I want to do more. Are you with me? Let's do more for God. Let's be the ones that our children look to. Let's be the ones that our grandkids say, that's what I want to be. Let's blaze the trail so nobody can say, which way did Papaw go? Which way did Potts run? It's right here, baby. I put it right here. Let them see the footprints. You'll never get to the end of God. I don't think I will ever retire. It's really not in the Bible. Now, maybe my title will change. Maybe I'll end up being just on the board of TLC and some young guy will come along. And, but I don't know when that will be. I've got no plans to retire or do anything. I have goals to accomplish. You know, if you, if you have no purpose, no goals, no anything, stats say that your health goes downhill. You've got to keep stuff in front of you. What do you want to do? 
Some of us were in the mold, I can't do that. Why can't you? Because you think you can't. But what if you could? I'm almost finished. Of course, I said that 10 minutes ago, but I am almost finished. <laughs> if you have no goal in mind, any road will take you anywhere. But let's go to the place. That, let's, get, let's get direction. Let's, get, let's focus. Remember? Focus, Danielson. Focus. Let's focus on Jesus. He's the author and finisher of our faith. Let's focus on him. Let God be your GPS. The God protective system. Let him take you where he's... If he guides you, he'll provide for you. So just start walking what he tells you. It's God's provision. See, I turned it off. <laughs> you can go where he wants you to go. You can do what he wants you to do. He has amazed me time after time after time. Stuff that I never, I went to a service and I started preaching, never thought this would happen. And all of a sudden, he's like, I want you to do this. I said, all right. You know why? Because the fruit is on the limb. The devil doesn't want you healed. The devil doesn't want you happy. The devil doesn't want you doing the purposes of God. But you can. If you want to be molded by God. He walks with me. He talks with me. He tells me I'm his own. How about you? Can you picture yourself like Adam and Eve walking with God in the cool of the day? What a treat. I'm going to do it someday. I do it now, but it's in the spirit. But you can do it too. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please?